Welcome to SimChat. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Angela. And we are going to talk about stories today, or storytelling. Stories! <laughs> um, we're going to talk about how we use them individually, like in our classrooms, I'd say mm-hmm. even in staff meetings, things yeah, like that. Yeah, we do. Um, and then also how we use them when we do workshops, teaching, like, you know, organizer frame, links, whatever it happens to be. I think um, the importance of a story is um, kind of connecting with the audience on, like, you know, kind of on a different level if you're presenting, either yeah. if it's students or if it's um, an audience of teachers connecting, um, sharing a little bit about something, giving giving a little bit of yourself to the audience, kind of yeah. relaxing everyone, setting a tone, and then um, using it to convey kind of kind of a backdoor to conveying content a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of setting a tone or a, a mood, I guess, for a lesson or presentation. I can think back to uh, teachers I had, you know, as a kid or even, you know, through college. I can remember who, like, told great stories. Mm-hmm. And that made me want to go to class more. So I, I like to think about that with workshops, too. When we're doing workshops ourselves, we like to incorporate a lot of stories because it's easy and fun, I yeah. feel like. But then also, I feel like people, they do connect more with yeah. us. I know we have been to some really dry trainings oh. in our district that are yes. awful. And it's like, you don't know who the presenter yeah. is. Like, where did they come from? Why are they the expert? Yeah. And, and they're like humorless. Ugh. It's just, it's no fun. So, um, but a story, I think it doesn't just have to be funny I mean sometimes they're inspiring yeah or weird yeah um I know my one of my favorite classes ever it was my sixth year teaching and I you know after the year was over you know I'm all sad like man I'm really gonna miss that class and I was trying to think like what was different about that class than any other class I had had Mm -hmm. and I realized I told a story to them Every mm-hmm. single day. Yeah. And it was a self-contained class, so, I mean, I had them for all seven and a half hours, so, you know, yeah. I felt like 20 minutes to really... And that's a bit long for a story, but... Um, Sometimes 20... you just get going, though, yeah. and, like, they're enwrapped, and you're telling the yeah. story, and you don't even know that it's gone that yeah. long. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, if it's... I don't mean, the school where we work, connecting with the kids and building yeah. relationships with the kids is so important. If you don't have that, you almost can't even... You know, mm-hmm. you don't even have a rapport with them, and they won't even listen to you. Mm-hmm. But I feel like stories really, like, they all kind of sit back, put their pen down, and they're all looking at you. Yeah, sometimes I know. That's the, <laughs> sometimes it's the only time they're actually all looking at me. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, okay, this is working. Let's keep going. Yeah, that's that's really true. Um, I told this story just really recently. Um, I was teaching my students how to uh, write letters, like formal letters, informal mm-hmm. letters. And I know they've done it, you know, throughout the years, Um but I was trying to give them some real-world examples of when you would write, like, a truly formal letter, because they were not really buying it. And I had told them, uh, like, a really bad example of when I had a landlord who was, like, <laughs> it was just, like, a slumlord. Yes. Who, like, tried to screw me out of, you know, like, $500 when I was 18. And, and they were, like, glued, like, and they, and that story went a while, too, because uh-huh. it was, like, you know, over a course of time. And the next day, I remember a kid coming in and like, so tell me about another landlord. And I was like, well, no, that's that's not really how it works. <laughs> like, they're not all like yeah. that. 
Um, yeah, and they remember it. I feel like yeah. that um, kind of puts a, I don't know, like a notch or like a foothold in their brain. And yeah. it's like, and even presenters or, you know, when we do PDs, and yeah. it's like people kind of, they remember that. And then, it you know, it's like you build mm-hmm. a web of kind of around that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would admit, I hate to admit it, but I'll, I'll be honest, <laughs> that the first time that I went out to Kansas, I was not excited about it because I didn't know anything really. I mean, like we were using content enhancement routines mm-hmm. in our classroom. We were very enthusiastic about what we were doing here in Portland. But in terms of like going to KU, in my head, mm-hmm. I'd never been to Kansas. I was thinking it's going to be ugly. Yeah. It's going to be boring because so many trainings we'd been to were terrible. And, um, you had to like go like in the middle of the year before it was over. Yeah, it was like, oh like, man, it, it was like, it was a really stressful time. But so they had sent me to Jim Knight's first session of the instructional coaching workshop. And I remember kind of getting there and everybody else was like in pairs or threes and everybody kind of knew each other. And there I am like by myself from Portland, like, okay, get these three days of a boring training over. And he just started out with, with like a story. And I remember, you know, and you know me, I'm fidgety yeah. and I'm always drawing. Like I didn't get bored the whole time mm-hmm. and if anything like uh then I went back later for yeah. the, the second level and it's like I'm so engaged because he tells amazing stories mm-hmm. um so I think classroom and workshop it doesn't matter whether your kids are an adult like everybody loves mm-hmm. stories oh yeah I mean I feel like storytelling is like a foundational like human nature in human nature you yeah. know like well it is it's like oral tradition yeah right yeah so what makes an effective story um well I think it definitely needs to be I guess for like a a professional sake it should be like kind of brief yeah or maybe even a staff meeting or something like that it should definitely it should be brief I mean you know like three to five minutes um unless it's I mean unless there's a point I think it could be more but you don't want to also be like long-winded yeah you don't want if once you lose your audience it's like oh you you yeah you're done um and it should be relatable um something that either your students or the audience um yeah something that they can like they can picture Mm -hmm. um so it kind of draws them in um Mm -hmm. and you know draws on emotions um Mm kind of like you said like has a message Mm -hmm. or um a purpose but um, I know some don'ts <laughs> don't make it inappropriate or offensive to people <laughs> or use words or, you know, I mean, yeah. you, know, just, you know, just be smart about it and don't like, I'm, I can't even get an example of a don't because I can't. So, um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think um, with kids and adults, it's, it actually, it's, kind of easy to offend people and you don't even know yeah. that you've done it or uh-huh. maybe just rub them the wrong way sometimes uh-huh. um, or like our kids come from such different backgrounds that I feel well I, yeah for me yeah. growing up and if I talk about something that was like normal in my childhood and I just assume mm-hmm. that it was normal in their childhood then you know I can you know might turn some of them off or be like Miss mm, yeah. Scott doesn't know what she's talking about so um you know something also that I personally don't like is um, cause there can be some great storytellers, but I like somebody who's a little self-deprecating or has yeah. humility. I don't really like somebody to tell me how amazing oh, they are yeah. or some like amazing story they have. 
um, and go on yeah. and on and on about themselves. Nope. You know, amazing things can happen yeah. to people, but I need to I need to know like why can I we, care. Yeah, I can't be braggy. Yeah, no exactly. braggy stories. Yeah. Um, and then I think, and this is kind of more in the delivery as far as stories go, but um, like pausing or like mm-hmm. getting quiet or you know mm-hmm. like ah, I mean, kind of raising. You know, I know one time I was telling a story. Um, to my students, and uh, it was a scary story. It was about a time I lived like on this farm in the middle of nowhere in Toppenish, Oregon, or Toppenish, Washington. And um, in the story I was telling, like my friends had gone outside with baseball bats because we heard like cr- like scratches on the window. And I was just getting to the part where um, we figured out what the scratching on the window was, and like all my kids were like leaning forward in their chairs, and I was sitting on the counter. And I had my back to the window. And right as I'm about to tell this story, all of them, all 30 of their eyes get really wide and they all go, ah, and they all scream. And I started screaming because they were screaming and I like hit the floor and I'm like, I grab a kid's coat and like pull it over my head. And I guess this, this guy, this homeless guy had like was on his bike and had been collecting cans around the parking lot and had ridden right past my window on his <laughs> bike and, like, looked in the window and made a face and all the kids screamed and, and I screamed and they... It's like an unexpected prop. It, oh, yeah. <laughs> Years later, they still talk about that story, that's how funny. I, like, jumped off the counter and screamed. And, yeah. But, um, I mean, I, that's, you know, you can't plan for that, but... Yeah. It was memorable for sure. Yeah. When I was first getting my teaching license, like in the in a program, um, I remember I took a class and I was given an assignment and I thought it was the most worthless assignment, um, which now I found as being like one of the best assignments <laughs> ever. Thank you. Uh, it was to basically think of like three hundred very small stories oh. just in my life, like real yeah. things. And you didn't have to write all the stories down. You just uh-huh. had to make a list where you could write like a phrase that would remind you what yes. that story was. And then I had categorized them, you know, things that had happened to oh. me in, in high school or things that happened like family, friends, you know, traveling. Yeah. And I, had, you know, typed them all up, put them in a binder, turned it in. And then I remember keeping it. And when I very first started teaching, um, I thought, well, I'm going to give this a shot because I do mm-hmm. like, ta- I like telling stories. And um, it's funny because... So at the time, I was teaching 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, and so a lot of my stories, I just kept going back to my own personal 6th, mm-hmm. 7th, and 8th grade stories, yeah. and they they loved them. And I had met with one of my previous students um, just, like, maybe six months ago, mm-hmm. and she was, uh, like, I was helping her, I think, write college essays or something mm-hmm. like that, and she was saying, I remember your stories, and I was like, really? And she goes, yeah, I'll never suck on a pen because of you, and I said... <laughs> talking about she said don't you remember and I remembered this story about when I was in middle school and one of my oh. friends her pen went dry and I told her to like suck on the end of the pen <laughs> and it was like silent silent reading and the pen exploded in her oh. mouth and she had to go the rest of the day with like blue ink oh and and so that student of mine she was like that was such an excellent story oh. I'm like and I didn't even really you know it's like it probably just yeah. came out randomly like you know, I saw yeah. playing with a pen, like, don't put that in your mouth. Yeah. But, um, so throughout the years, I have then continued to just sort of, like, add. I keep that mm-hmm. list, like, in a binder on my desk, yes. actually. I don't even reference it all that often because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of stories come naturally. But sometimes I think it's just really nice because you forget. Mm-hmm. 
um, important yeah. times or, or things like that. I do something similar with my students, and actually I got it from a writing class I took. Um, it was like how to teach writing to like uh, middle school age kids. And the first day, the professor had us write all our, like, just a list of strong memories. Mm -hmm. And it was like, like you said, like a phrase or a keyword. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't the whole story because yeah. you know the story. So it was just yeah. like a little reminder. And um, I sometimes I'll add to that list. Like, when I almost died in the Grand Canyon, I added to that <laughs> to the list. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, when I, yeah, like, I'll, I'll pull it out or I'll show the kids when we start our writing at the beginning of the year. And they'll be like, whoa, look at all those memories, you know. Mm -hmm. and kind of go back to it and add stuff and mm -hmm. use them as, um, like, story, you know, prompts if we're... Yeah, like brainstorming. Yeah, like brainstorming is perfect. So mm -hmm. um, it also lends itself to, like, instruction. Mm -hmm. um, what I like also in my classroom and when we do workshops is it's that time right after lunch where, you know, mm -hmm. there, I, there's usually, like, a lot of focus and energy in the morning. Yes. You break, you have lunch, and people come back and it's like... Laptops are open, yeah. and I'm guilty of this myself, yeah. you know, like you're sitting back, you're tired, mm -hmm. and it could be a really engaging presentation, and you're still just kind of, mm -hmm. you know, out of it, and that, in the classroom, too, that's mm -hmm. even worse, because the kids aren't even trying yeah. to be polite, oh, no. <laughs> and they're, so, uh, yeah, out. <laughs> I think that, for me, is, like, that's a way I always try to wrangle my students in mm -hmm. after, like, they come in from recess. And then also the teachers or, you know, whoever may be in our workshops after lunch is, like, one of us, I think, will try to tell a story um, mm -hmm. to get them back into the, the mood, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it, it puts, I guess, kind of the onus on, like, the presenter or the teacher at that yeah. point. So it's kind of give them, like, a little recharge to kind of mm -hmm. get refocused mm -hmm. um, but yeah stories they're super effective yeah so I would fully recommend um you know I love being a teacher because you can just practice all the time yeah <laughs> like they're like sweet pencil yeah, down like, I, I don't have to do anything I'll just listen yeah um but practicing stories so if you're doing professional development I really think it's a great way to connect with adults um mm-hmm just because we know that, that people lose focus. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, you know, we have a lot going on. Yeah. So some resources we have. Um, I, I'm just partway through a book. It's called The Power of Storytelling. Um, I think it was by Jim Holte, something yeah. like that. <laughs> so it's called The Power of Storytelling. And it's really great. It has, um, like, a lot of really short stories written by like CEOs or entrepreneurs mm -hmm. who've been really successful and like how to incorporate a short story into like how to pre present data. Like, so it's mm -hmm. not super dry, oh, how to like yeah. tell a story and make it um, worthwhile. Um, also, I love listening to the Moth podcast, which like if you listen to NPR, which I honestly don't listen very <laughs> often, but um, I've heard the Moth comes on there too, but I listen to the podcast yeah. every Tuesday, a new story is uploaded and they're true stories told without notes. And so sometimes it'll be, like, somebody really famous telling a story. And then mm -hmm. sometimes it's, like, random school teacher. And yeah. they're, you know, sometimes they're kind of raunchy. But they're they're great. Like, they're inspiring. They're creative. Sometimes they're sad. Sad sometimes. Sometimes I'm just, like, la like I'm, I've been at the yeah. gym. And I'm, like, listening to them on the treadmill. And I'm, like, full on, like, laughing out loud on the treadmill. <laughs> like, looking around, like, oh, okay. <laughs> Um, what do you have? You have it, no? 
I also oh, the, go ahead. The checklist manifesto. Oh, that um, that does have some good that, stories in it. Yeah, I've never actually read it, but <laughs> we were at a conference where a uh, it was Jim Knight. He oh. told a story from it um, about like the importance of having a checklist, and there was like a doctor who had a checklist, and you know. Mm-hmm. He did his checklist, and then the one time he needed, the, like, that extra supply that was on the checklist they didn't normally get or something like that, um, and it was like, whoa, yeah. And I, I remember, like, they're, them talking about um, a pilot in that book, too, like, just just why you use checklists, but but it didn't just say, like, use a checklist. It has all these, like, narrative stories yeah. in order to get you into it. Um, Anything that tells a story, I'm yeah, I'm um, Especially if it's something that is... I don't know, relatable. Um, there was, I read this one little tiny story about, um, oh, I think it was by, I think it was by a Buddhist monk. And he, <laughs> he was telling about how he loved to do the dishes. And I was like, God, I hate doing the dishes. Like, ugh, with dirty sink water. And, <laughs> but in his story, he was talking about how, you know, your hands are in the warm water and like you're taking something dirty and making it clean. And, like, kind of you accomplish something. And I was like, oh, that is so tiny and easy. And huh. now, I, you know, I don't mind it. If I got big old pots I got to wash, you know, I don't mind. You, that's, know? you know, that's the same it's... reason that, like, in the Martha Stewart magazines, you know, whenever <laughs> you open it up, it has, like, her calendar of the month. I always uh-huh. like to look at her calendar because normally to us they would be, like, the most oh, pedantic little things. Prune back the hedges. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think, oh, like, Martha Stewart's doing it. She has a reason. Like, she'll write all the reasons mm-hmm. she's doing these things. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you can link it or, like, you know, make it important to the audience, then, yeah. I mean, you got a story that they'll remember and remember you, hopefully, either yeah. as their teacher or their presenter. And, I mean, kind of, I mean, we're in the... We're in the storytelling business, really. I mean, yeah, that's true. If you're a history teacher, I mean, you're telling stories all day. Yeah. Or yeah. literature, I mean. Yeah. So, um. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think we're going to wrap this one up. We're going to yeah. do, actually, another podcast um, we'll post soon on the use of checklists yes. in our classrooms and in PD. Um, in the meantime, if you are interested in where to find any of those resources, like the, the mock podcast or any of the books, we'll try to put links. Um, we have a Facebook page now. Yes. It's just called SimChat PDX. I don't know if it's PDX. I think it's just SimChat. We'll put a link on our blog. Yes. The blog is SimChatPDX.blogspot.com. And if you want to email us, it's SimChatPDX at gmail.com. Absolutely. Yeah, please do. Shoot us an email. Tell us what you're liking, what you'd like to hear more of. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, we're here for you to... Actually, we're going to be at the Sim Conference yes. this summer. We're going to do a poster. Yes, <laughs> in so, Lawrence. Yeah. Um, I'm driving there. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take the direct flight. <laughs> um, anyway, so let us know what you think or you know, post it on our Facebook. And we will see you next time. Yeah. Bye.